You're listening to Trevay Talks Travel on Tucson Business Radio. Well, folks, welcome to another Trevay Travel. It's been a little while, and no wonder why, what with everything that's been going on. Oh, what a time to launch a travel company and all the wonderful things that he had going. CEO, founder, Paul Hardison. Welcome, Paul. Hi, Mark. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. You've been a very, very busy man working uh, hard as you can. In fact, since uh, you last hosted your show, which you do, Trevay Travel Talk, and get back into swing coming up soon, uh, once a month here on Business Radio X, you um, have actually expanded the actual company, haven't you? Share that with us. Yeah, you know, as with many startup companies, um, things change. And of course, you know, as, as we all know right now, COVID-19 has affected pretty much everything. And I think it's, it's fair to say, and other people have said, we are now in a travel depression. So, you know, yeah. what what better situation to be in than uh, start a company during, a, you know, a depression, but uh, it won't last forever. Um, I, I, we expect COVID-19 to be around until next year. Uh, at the least, as to be a problem for travel. But um, this year has been really different in a lot of ways and not just due to the pandemic. You have had all of the protests over Black Lives Matters. You have ongoing environmental crises. And so as companies do pivot and change to take advantage of, of the times and projecting into the future, that's one thing that we're doing. So we're retaining our core business and actually since the beginning of the year since i'd say february mark we you know we started out just as a group travel company that that's was, right you were doing was specialty it was quite unique there was nobody else doing that in Tucson at all right um and we're still doing that however we have expanded we have the day trips in southern arizona and new york we are now an accredited travel agency so the advantage of doing that is we have much broader appeal uh, because having just the trips that we offer that almost, well, it does self limit our audience to a degree. And, but adding in the travel agency services, that means we can help people go mm -hmm. anywhere as far as that goes. So that's the reason for that. And that's an additional revenue stream, which is always a good thing to do in any kind of business. Mm -hmm. And so you talk about these day trips now, you're saying day trips for what, Tucson in the area and New York. So right. what, is, what do they entail? Let's give us an example. Yeah, we've been working with a concierge service in New York City since 2017 uh, and conducting trips for them, for their apartment residents, uh, up to about 50 people to go upstate, for example, to go zip lining or to apple orchards or museums and such. And that's a relationship that has continued over time, which has been really nice. And, but in Southern Arizona, since we were based in Tucson, we are developing all-inclusive day trips that, you know, go to Sonoy to do the wineries, go to Bisbee to check out the mines and the mining history of Arizona, uh, go to Kitt Peak and learn the astronomy of the area that's really nationally known. And we're working to develop more. So we want to have about, I'd say a good half dozen plus day trips and, and really those are going to be very important because that's what's going to come back and travel first you know once COVID-19 starts to really fade away mm -hmm. and people are safe you feel safe to travel again and not worry about getting sick 
that's what's going to come back first local travel regional travel and then the the bigger travel internationally will come later well you know you talk about local travel it's an old adage you know there's a lot of people who've never ever been out of the city to see wonderful sights in their own state it's not just about visitors or international or you know uh uh, interstate visitors coming in is it to see these things it's local people who can uh, go and enjoy these tours yeah that's kind of the the irony of wherever you live you get so comfortable and used to your life where you are and you have your job and you have your routine mm-hmm. that yet like you said people don't get out and do a whole lot that's that's right there and the, the one example I always bring up for this is Paris people who live in Paris they just take everything there as it it's just just there. the background. It's the background. <laughs> it's there, you know, they don't think much about it. But everybody else is like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do in Paris. So yeah, absolutely. And to get people to yeah, just take a day and get a group and um and do a little bit of exploring. Well, speaking of Paris, somebody I heard the other day or read the thing, I forget where it was, but um people have to walk up the Eiffel Tower to get to lunch. They can't take a lift of all oh, yeah. <laughs> God almighty, you know, talk about keen. Look, how has the U.S., do you think, in global travel industry, just how has it been affected all up by COVID-19? Well, actually, it started to decline in January. So really, once everything began to develop in China, there was pretty much a, a linear decrease and people traveling. And then once we get to April, April was kind of the nadir, the bottom bottom of the bucket. And uh, there is a good um, business analysis company called Skift. <clears throat> and they're now, they analyze the industry. And in April, one week in April, travel was only at 19% of what it was last year for the same week, which is oh. dismal. Well now, come up to you now, today, this week, we're at about 36% of what it was last year. So it's increased slowly, mm-hmm. but it's leveled off. And they're actually estimating that the uh, travel industry won't recover for you know a good three to five years maybe. And it really depends on how everybody deals with the pandemic. That's the driver. Well, the industry has got to rebound. It's such a, an essential industry when things are normal because people travel. Not necessarily to overseas to see all sightseeings, but travel for Christmas, travel for Thanksgiving all across the country. Uh, People need a holiday, take a vacation. It's all part of life, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. But it has to be done safely. And that's the thing about this virus is it's, you know, the bad thing about this virus is it's ridiculously contagious. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. What, what's your thoughts on the, on the airlines that uh, have now opened up with uh, no restrictions? Yeah, they have to wear masks. People have to wear masks. I know, them. but I'm talking about the seating, you know? Oh, right, right. Yeah, you know, I wonder about that. I, I would think it'd be prudent to have that middle seat empty. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it just adds a little bit of extra risk. And you know, you, if you get one person in there who's asymptomatic and is, is sloppy and isn't wearing their mask, then there is a higher risk. But, you know, if everybody's wearing their mask, that obviously affords some protection. But, you know, more people you get together, it's, it's inherently going to increase the risk some. 
What other prospects do you think then, Paul, for the travel industry in the next five years? Well, like we mentioned, uh, the local travel and regional travel will come back first. Uh, that's easiest, that's safest. People driving will be probably the most favorable way of getting around mm -hmm. uh, because you don't have to fly. You know, fly like here, drive six hours to go to San Diego. You don't have to fly. Mm -hmm. um, that will happen first. And, um, but, you know, I kind of see this, I see COVID really being a problem the rest of this year. And I almost, I, I would say the federal government has to have another type of support like I, they call it a stimulus but it wasn't a stimulus it was sort of an emergency disbursement to everybody and to businesses things aren't going to get better quick enough for anybody to really be able to survive much and that's not just travel that's restaurants that's mm -hmm. universities actually which are highly affected by this yeah. that you have a, a huge percentage of this country that can't do its job adequately just because it's it, you know we want to we want to live you know we don't we don't want to make this pandemic to be something that that goes completely out of control so i really don't see how we can get away from another financial shot in the arm sometime before the end of the year if it doesn't happen i think you're going to see a huge impact in business as well as people's personal lives mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, um, they're saying it's all very well for people that can already work from home or were working from home. Uh, those that have got jobs, you can do that's terrific, but there's an enormous amount of people that work that just can't do that. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because right now we're, we're seeing higher infection rates among younger people now. You know, it started in the nursing homes, the, the confined facilities, the prisons, and older people, but now it's transitioning to the younger population, which the worry is those are the essential workers, they're at risk, so they're starting to bear the brunt of this. And so nobody's immune from this at all. No, they're not. And, and I got to tell you, Paul, uh, <laughs> I get amazed when I see vision or through the news or other ways that here they are in thousands on the beach or thousands in swimming pools and celebrating this particular day, you know, with not a care in the world. And I, I, I just, that irks me. I just see that as selfish. I Yeah, I saw a similar image of that a couple of days ago from Miami. And it, the scene looked like it was any other day of any other year of people mm -hmm. just doing Same in Britain thing. as well. You know, I mean, people are just fed up with being cooped up, aren't they? Yeah, and... Yeah, but you know, it's it's better for the longer run. People have to have a little bit of a longer term view on these things. But, you know, because this impacts people's incomes and businesses, the government has to provide sufficient support so people don't get too stir crazy and they can handle the stresses of, of being basically isolated for a relatively long period of time. And people were complaining only being isolated for six to eight weeks. Well, you're gonna we're gonna need Quite a bit more than that to really tackle this problem and it's just you know i've been home predominantly since the first week of march right. go out once a week for groceries and we're we're sick of being home yeah, <laughs> i mean it's I just like it's just it's like and it's nice because we're okay the cat's good we're safe mm. but 
you know, we want to get out. We obviously want to get back to normal life, but this is much better than having to go out. Like people who drive for FedEx and UPS and are, again, essential workers, they are exposed every day. Yeah, and, and the that's gloves, the of course, they've got masks and the gloves and what have you and, and sanitization. But still, you're right. That's that's more than others. You know, travel. I mean, I guess in some ways it's the last thing on people's mind. And yet it's the first for wanting to get out and go somewhere. Which sector of the travel industry, if anything at all, is doing better now? And what about the worst? Well, the right now uh, in the U.S., Hotels are actually picking up more than anything else. People are getting probably taking short getaways. Um, but driving. Oh, but driving, yeah, to get there. Mm -hmm. um, hotel occupancy is roughly about 50% what it was last year at this time. So that's, that's a bit of an improvement. But air travel is at 25%. So that's, mm. although that mm -hmm. may pick up going forward, that's still really, really low. And when you, um, when you say 50%, that's not to be misunderstood that the hotels are 50% full. That's right. what they were this time last year, um, right. which is what? Well, it's a prime coming into summer, holiday season time, um, you know, but that's 50% of only what is even available. Right. So, yeah, it's and 50% no, really isn't all that good. I mean, no. yeah, it's, it's relative to last year, and it's it's pretty dismal. Um, but that's doing pretty much better than anything else at the moment. Um, it's, it looks like, huh, and this, this doesn't, at, sort of, at face value, this doesn't bode well for, for what we're trying to do. But uh, convention travel, um, group travel is expected to, to really come up at the very end as far as rebounding, just because you're getting a lot of people together in close proximity. Mm-hmm. And such, so it just makes sense that that is something that people are going to really hold off on that until we really know that this whole experience has passed. Well, when you talk about things like that, um, now we're talking travel in the near term. You know, the Im the inference seems to be later in 2020, um, things should be getting, you know, God willing, better enough to be able to make some movement. But 2021 and beyond, some people are predicting not even that's enough. So yeah, we don't know, do we? Right. You know, the, the big analog that we use is the Spanish flu of 1918 and 1919. That killed 50 million people. Um, and a lot of people don't even know about it or don't remember it. Yeah. That's really our last pandemic that we had to deal with. So here we are living our own pandemic right now this year. Um, but that lasted about 15 months uh, from beginning to end, approximately. But so 50, if you just 50 that million, as, is that Americans or worldwide? That, that's global, that's worldwide. Globally, right. Yeah. Um, so if you take 15 months, here it basically started in March. You know, it, it was here before March, but it started to tick up in March. Mm -hmm. So if you just take 15 months from March, well, that takes you to June of next year. Um, so if you go by that, then summer of next year at the earliest, things are going to be hopefully getting back to some kind of normalcy. But that's, that could be optimistic. If we get a vaccine that's really effective, and maybe that'll impact everything. Yeah. Um, that's a wild card we don't know about right now. Uh, but you know, as of the last week, we have a real problem in this country 
because the infection rates are going through the roof in the south and in the west, including here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And we got to get a handle on this or else we're going to be, it's going to cause us to be stuck at home even longer. Uh, and it's it's scary when you think about the, uh, you know, the, the machine of money behind business, creating jobs, jobs that pay mortgages, that buy food. I mean, it's a vicious 360 degrees and uh, you wonder what people are going to do, you know? Uh, I mean, what sectors of the travel industry, if anything at all, do you think will, uh, I know we touched on driving, but there's cruising, there's trains, there's planes, there's maybe, um, you know, not so big, uh, a lot of people, you know, those lovely little cruise ships that might only do 10 or 12. Uh, do you see any of that coming back a, a little earlier? I mean, well, as would, far as, would people still go away with masks on, put it that way, or could it not be done? Yeah, well, as far as the cruise industry goes, uh, the CDC has a no-sale order through July 24th right now, uh, but the cruise lines have voluntarily said that they're not going to do anything until September 15th. So there are going to be no cruises, uh, big cruises, until at least September 15th. Now that's for a ship that holds 250 or more passengers. So that's what that no-sale order applies to. So for the smaller cruise lines that you mentioned, like American Cruise Lines that does river cruises, mm -hmm. uh, little sailing ships, uh, they are exempt from that order. Really? Uh, America, yeah, American Cruise Lines, actually, they were going to try to do a sail in Oregon last week, but that didn't happen. But they're going to try one again here in the near future. And I will give the cruise industry some credit. They have been trying to bend over backwards to make their ships as safe as possible. And it's really not a surprise that there were outbreaks on some ships because they are semi-confined spaces. That's mm. the thing with COVID. Confined spaces is the worst possible situation that you can be in. Um, the more you have open space, grocery stores are better than restaurants, for example. Um, being outside is better than being on a cruise ship. You have the virus can disperse, you know, mm -hmm. so you have to, and that's been seen. I've, I've read some very interesting reports from epidemi epidemiologists who really show that you can have a, a large short-term exposure or a long-term low exposure, but you'll get the same result. You'll have a really high chance of catching the virus, but if you're outside, it, there's at least a less likely chance for that to happen. Mm. So for cruises, they're trying their best and they're trying to implement new technology. They're trying to have different protocols for boarding. They're going to limit the occupancy on the ships to uh, promote social distancing. So they're really, each cruise line is working to really make the ships as safe as possible. There's I think I read somewhere too, isn't there one that uh, you've now even got to serve yourself? Wasn't that a, um, like all inclusive, but uh, they can't serve you now or something? What's yeah, but a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the cruise lines have buffets and that's the thing. They're not going to, the self-serve buffets are, are going bye-bye. Uh, that's that's going to be gone. Either they will serve you at the buffet or there will, pe there will be people, staff, at the buffet to to monitor uh, the situation because that's you know it's a communal area yeah and yeah. that's that's a problem so um, but you know there are plenty of restaurants on ships the buffet is just one aspect of it 
Well, I, you know, it, it amazes me how you can sanitize a whole ship. There's so many places where your hands would go and touch, you know, um, but they are apparently doing the best that they can. You know, they work in overtime to sanitize. And then, you know, they have to, I mean, I don't think they're doing it just because of the CDC, but that is a, let's say, let's call it a motivator. Um, the CDC is making every cruise line come up with a plan to have COVID, COVID prevention measures in place. And I've looked at different cruise lines. Some are still working on their plans. Some have come out. Uh, there are variations, but they, they all are spending the time and making the effort to do, do what they can. And you, you can certainly nitpick some of them uh, as being better than others, but they're, they're at least trying to make sure that mm -hmm. you know, these, these outbreaks on, on cruise ships doesn't happen again. It's a very tough time. Let's, let's switch uh, direction a little bit here now because it's most unusual. You don't usually hear of the side of it. You launched also, you know, your business with this uh, in the travel industry in a crowdfunding deal as well, didn't you? Yes. <clears throat> now, how does something work like that when you got hit, you poor thing, you know, come March, everybody's anticipating a return of investment or watching the business grow? Um, bang, this comes along. Have you had calls? Have you had people grumpy or upset or saying, I want my money back? Or, or has everybody been more understanding? Oh, everybody's been understanding, which has been good. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, sorry, but I just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> no, you know? that's, that's fine. It's just an experience you didn't expect that you would have to go through. Let's just call you know, this that. But, you know, people who have invested in the company are, are still perfectly fine with it. Um, I keep our investors updated every month uh, as far as what we're doing, uh, how we are adapting to COVID and planning uh, to sort of reprioritize what we're doing to get through the COVID era and emerge on the other side, ready to go uh, with the full array of what we offer. And um, we actually have received a couple of investments recently. So um, from the investment side of things, uh, everything is, is okay. That's good. Now that's very interesting then to receive, you know, of late, that means people still believe in the future. Right, and, and you have to. And you know, this whole COVID thing, the pandemic and everything associated with it, it's, it's been emotionally challenging for everybody. I'm, I'm sure you uh, can relate to that um, because this is something that we don't typically go through. Um, having fear of going outside and going somewhere and getting sick is not something we typically have to worry about. Sick no, to the point of no. possibly death. We're very spoiled as human beings. If you feel like doing something, you do it. If you want to go out, you can. And America more than anywhere, years ahead of other countries and, you know, uh, it's got everything you want. You want it, you can go get it. All of a sudden you're told, uh -uh. no, you don't. You said would. <laughs> you <Yeah. know. laughs> it, it's, it's been, uh, I'm sure, Almost anybody we talk to can say this has been a bit of a, an, an emotional and mental challenge. And that's kind of the, the, un, the untalked about story of this whole thing is that the, the, the mental stress that uh, this has caused everybody. But um, it's, it's just, you know, you sort of have to think about it. And again, you know, mm -hmm. learn about the virus, learn about the analog, the Spanish flu, realize the, the timeline for this. And although the next, you know, I figure the next year is going to be, you know, painful. 
Oh. Well, I was going to ask you, I mean, you are an academic by birth, shall we say. You have contacts that others may not have. Do you know anything at all on the inside? Have you spoken to anybody, you know, just maybe in positions that might know who have heard something that might be, you know, favorable? I mean, are we a year away, do you think, before a, a cure, you know? I mean, I, what about this thing we're reading about that uh, is good, but it's going to cost you $3,600 or something? You mean the vaccine? The vaccine, yes. Oh, you know, you know, I've read different things. And unfortunately, no, I, I don't have any inside information that, that I've been, been able to come across. But the, the whole vaccine thing, it's still a wild card. Um, recently, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, the COVID task force leader, uh, made a comment, I think, that uh, if a vaccine, it may only be 75% effective. Mm -hmm. And there are people who don't want to get vaccines for whatever reason. And that may prevent the whole nation from getting herd immunity. Uh, so, but we don't know the timeline on a vaccine either. The, the industry that works on vaccines is working in a hyper-accelerated mode right now to try to develop something. And, you know, things have to go through clinical trials, and that does take time, and they're trying to make it, push it along as quickly as it can go. But will we have something that's at least partially useful by the end of this year? Ah, oh, that's a big question mark. Mm. Next year, uh, you know, nobody really knows right now because until we get a big splashy headline that says, uh, you know, a close to 100% effective vaccine has been verified clinically and it doesn't have any bad side effects that were unanticipated, until we get there, then I really wouldn't count on it. And then you have to create it and then you have to get it to the population that all takes time that takes time what i get upset about are the people that say oh look you know what you're not hearing about is all the natural deaths that would be going on in a hospital all you hear about is covid 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 because they're not disclosing the other deaths well i don't uh, you know i don't believe in that do you <laughs> That's, that's nonsense. Um, Absolutely. The, the, um, the rate of deaths that are occurring in the United States now is above the background level that you would normally expect. Mm -hmm. There is a, they, they, a rate and abundance of deaths that you expect to happen based on the population. Well, with the advent of COVID, this is way above that. So, yeah, it's, it's, that's just a bad argument. What about, um, you know, isn't the flu season for us here in the U.S., isn't that, uh, what, traditionally, uh, what, September, October? Yeah, it's, that's the very, very beginning of it. And, uh, yeah, the worry is add the flu season with COVID this fall and winter, and that could be a, a, a bad mix of just more people in the hospital. And yeah. uh, it's... Well, you know, cope. I mean, our hospitals already, you know, it's not, and it's not as easy. It'd be different if he could say, look, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm getting off to uh, Costa Rica. You know why? There's no COVID down there. I can, you know, sweat it out for a year or two or something or get into the sun or do this, but that doesn't matter where you look. No, it's in Costa Rica too. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, not, not funny, but I mean, I just picked that joint cause I've always wanted to go there, but uh, you've traveled quite a bit and, uh, you think of places now that you'd like to go back to, I, and I, but I feel for the poor devils in the third world countries, the ones that are living in those uh, tents and, and, and make up cities because they've been driven out of their uh, own homes and so on, and they've got nothing. 
you know. And you know, India is the example that pops into my head. I look at the COVID stance every day uh, globally and in the U.S. And uh, India, the, the case rate, the caseload is still rising. It hasn't peaked out yet. And mm. they have a huge population. Um, and the worry is, and that's really affected, like you said, the, the, the people, the workers, the street people, they're just all left to their own devices and they don't have jobs and it's so densely populated. Oh yeah. That it's just, it's just a very dangerous situation. Have you been to India? I have not. You know, I have enough, those places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have enough Indian friends that it's like, I have a, I have tour guides there, you know, to show me around. Mm. Uh, it's just a matter of getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something that's, a, it's been on my bucket list too, you know, hours. something very, very unique. Um, okay. Now look, your opinion is that there should be additional emergency federal funding, right? For people and industries affected by COVID-19 and the fallout. Uh, if it does come, I think it's probably going to come one the next few months. I would certainly hope so. I think other countries have taken a much better approach. They have some countries in Europe, for example, have actually given people basically replace their monthly income, uh, get like $2,000 a month or whatever amount for four, six, eight months that people can count on. Um, and here in the U.S., we just received that one-time amount, and clearly I don't think that's enough. I really think before, before December, and probably actually early fall, say September, mm -hmm. um, that would certainly be better. Because And, and for big companies, uh, travel companies, uh, big restaurant uh, companies, they can only go hold out for so long with lack yes. of revenue. That yeah, it's and just the way it is. And the mom and pops, they're even worse off, you know. I mean, uh, but I, I, you know, it makes you feel like, well, look, the government, doesn't matter who it is, whichever party is in or whatever, nonpartisan, but is it their job to be a benevolent society? The government? Yeah. Well, yeah, I would say so. I mean, the, the government you know, does what the private sector does not. And in times of emergency, that is one of the main roles of government. And this certainly qualifies as that. Right. And you, if you can't really complain too much about bailouts for corporations, um, they're going to fail if, if they don't have revenue. And certainly you can say that the money could be spent in different directions better. That's, that's perfectly valid argument to have, but you know, when everything comes to a stop, and that goes on for an extended amount of time, something's going to give. And it, it is the responsibility of the government to take care of its citizens. And I mean, well, just I think one of the ways it could do is that the money alone that's never been paid in taxes uh, overseas companies. I mean, you total that money, Paul, and oh, what, yeah. it, what it could do for the citizens of America. I mean, uh, that's just one thing, but, uh, you know, we don't get into politics much, but gee, I wouldn't like to be making those decisions. It's very difficult. Um, you, you're in business, you're, you're, uh, you're in the clubs, uh, as I am a member of the Metro chamber, you meet others in other chambers, you're meeting other business people. What's their feeling? What are, what are they going through at the moment that you're getting back from them is, is the biggest thing fear. They don't know what to do to go ahead. Do they market their business? Do they just close the doors? Do they think they can open? How, what are you finding is the biggest feedback that you're getting? You know, as far as small business, 
just mm. surviving. It's kind of survival mode. And it depends on the, the industry, though. Uh, people in the restaurant biz, it's... it's Touching up. It's yeah, exactly. It's it's extremely difficult. I mean, people do what they can to promote delivery and uh, carry out and such. Mm. But you, but can you know, some of them have opened, don't you? Because of desperation, right? And you know, they're saying we're sanitizing, and they're saying you can, you know, you've got to seat six feet apart or ten feet apart and all that jazz. But I don't know. That, no, they're the ones that need help. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. A dining in is going to be a real, real problem for the next year around the whole country because, again, it's confined spaces with a lot of people. Right. That's a big breeding ground. So that industry is going to need help in addition to travel and, and other industries because it's it's just it's and it's you know it's a com I think it's a combination of fear. It's a combination of how long can companies hold out. I mean, how much cash reserve do they have? What's their debt load? Uh, how much revenue have they been making? Mm -hmm. And obviously, the big corporations are going to be in a much better position to write it out. And so we have a fear of losing a lot of small businesses because they just cannot survive. And I think the government's response for business, for small business, has been completely inadequate. I think it has not. It's It's been not handled well, whether the Paytech Protection Program or the one-time loan amount for small businesses. That has been a very limited amount of money. And a lot of it actually did go to large corporations, which was a bit of a controversy. And it's, right. you know, it's, and then it goes, that does go back to politics and then what they do in Congress and, and in the White House. But, you know, you want to help the maximum amount of people and the maximum amount of businesses to get through this, because that's really the goal to get through this. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's a five year, we can't do anything for five years. This is a virus. It's going to, it is going to go away eventually, even though it will be around for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have to use our brands and plan this out correctly so people can survive and, and not lose hope among other things that's a big thing hope and faith and belief of something in the future um had enough suicides and so on you don't need more of that it's like it might as well be like the down depression in the 30s you know when everything just busted and uh, god knows i don't know we've got to uh, got to hang in there you can't throw the hands up you can't say just you know what the heck you got to keep trying and you you are doing that and uh, i wish you well paul um is there anything you can tell the listeners at all that um we can't travel really, but is there anything that you're doing or perhaps uh, they can look forward to? Uh, is there anything there you'd like to share? Well, you can always plan for the future. And, you know, you may not be able to go anywhere substantively, substantively, substantively for the next year or so uh, for just vacations and such. But you can plan and you can, if, if you need help planning a trip, then contact your favorite travel agency and they will be more than happy to help you out because that's one of the things that they do. They plan itineraries. They can give you information that you might not be able to find online about places you want to visit. So that's always something, and that'll keep you motivated too because, you know, this year might be a write-off, but next year is going to be more favorable and then any time after that is certainly going to be more favorable uh, than that. So dream big I mean you this you can make it happen it's just going to be a little bit of a delay and but if you do have to do some near-term travel whether it's personal or business that's mandatory that you have to do you know we're still here to help and yeah 
give you the best advice uh, to stay safe during the whole process. I tell you another just uh, flashed into my mind. The other, another sector per se that is being affected badly are all those that bought into real estate. You know, for those uh, uh, what are they called again? You know, not the B and Bs, but um, uh, the other ones where you can stay, stay in a nice apartment in a town or, or in, a, in a suburb or, you know, all of a sudden that industry just took off like wildfire. Oh, Airbnb? But, yeah, that's the one, Airbnb. Yeah. And they're affected too, aren't they, with all of this right now? Because nobody's still traveling. Yeah, you know, all you, you typically hear about it's restaurants and travel that's been really affected by this, but there are other big industries that have really been affected by the whole situation. So it's, and that's why it's rippled across the economy so much. I mean, uh, what, I, the World Economic Forum came out with estimates for, for growth, and this year's, this year's a wash. Uh, it's gonna mm -hmm. be negative growth, uh, but it's going to pick back up next year, at least the current forecasts. And it's, uh, again, it all depends on how well we handle this pandemic and, you know, get it so people can do their jobs outside of the home in relative safety that'll just that confidence will ripple through so if we want to if we want it to happen later this year compared to middle of next year mm -hmm. you know then protect yourself wear your mask social distance do your part to prevent this thing from spreading and that's the best thing we can do well i tell you what the one thing to look forward to i think with this industry is when we do get to that uh phase where you know okay we can travel just uh be careful but you can travel there are going to be some deals out there <laughs> there, are, there are deals right now actually that's actually i'm glad you brought that up i want to make a point is even though and then the cruise line is what pops into my head here even though there are no cruises now the industry really is focusing on next year you can get good deals now for next year and for 2022 also the cruise lines have made it ridiculously easy to cancel and rebook. Uh, typically, you can take your That's reservation up to two days before you sail and say, oh, no, no, it's not unsafe. I want That's to for sure. That's all money's refunded. It's, it's, no, it's not money refunded. It's rebooking, like for a year later. Okay. okay. So typically, yeah, typically, no, it's, it's not a cash refund. But... You can rebook for a later date. Well, that, that, that's even good because something could happen at the last minute and you usually you'd lose it all. Well, there you go then. So that's, that's an encouraging thing because uh, uh, I love cruising personally. And uh, I'd hate to think that, you know, we're years away from ever doing that again. But uh, I definitely want to do a cruise. Love to take listeners of uh, Tucson Business Radio X with me as well. But uh, let's hope that'll happen soon. Paul. CEO, founder of Trouve Travel here in Tucson, a fully-fledged travel agency now. Uh, they can c contact you. Listeners can call you on what, Paul? Um, our phone number is 520-820-8662. Uh, you can contact us through our website, which is trouvetravel.org, and uh, email is travel at trouvetravel.org. So don't, don't hesitate to contact us. We've Even during this pandemic this year, we've helped people in Tucson who have had to travel. Uh, we've helped them do that. And so, yeah, don't be shy and reach out. Fantastic. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate your time. And uh, we'll look forward to your show next month then. All right. Thanks. Take care. Be well. All right. Goodbye now. Bye.